0: Welcome to return to Oswald, I'm Derek. As always, I'm joined by Scar and Brandon. Uh, Scar, how yep. are you doing today?
1: I'm good, man. Um, I enjoyed this episode. Like, this is the part where, like, I guess we got through all of the bullshit last season, and now it's just like things are happening now. I, I just feel like things are happening now, where not too much have happened. Not too much has happened uh, in the last season. It was just all to kind of set this shit up,
0: and it, it makes me mad. Still, yes. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing well. <laughs> Old Twix mouth, motherfucker. Um, I can hear you trying to talk around that ice cream bar. You're making me mad. I'm sad now. I say, what are
2: you talking about?
0: That's Dang. been gone. Twix ice cream bars are the fucking goat. You
2: having flashbacks?
1: Nah, this, I, this, I I like Twix, but come on, dog. It's it's, it's Snickers. Like let's Snickers
0: is literally fucking look so if you are like me and you live in a family where one of the kids can't eat peanuts that immediately eliminates snickers because all my kids eat all my fucking ice cream bars and that nigga will literally drop (laughs) 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 makes sense it's not even funny but you just (laughs) lean to the left um but yes this episode makes me mad Every episode I think of season four is going to make me mad just because of how fucking dry and boring season three was. And so far, both episodes of season four have had more action in them than all of season three, like, fucking combined. Yes. And that's fucking annoying as shit. Because y'all couldn't do none of this. We couldn't do a single bit of this shit at all. So this episode was called Obituaries. Um, and I mean, so, 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 you know, now that, uh, Whittlesey has gone to Jersey and Kenny's hit the bricks, <laughs> y'all see what I did there. You see what I did there. Uh, now all of a sudden, look, I gotta be honest with you before we even get started and Brandon, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you probably feel the same way I did. While this episode had a ton of things happening and it was very engaging and was interesting, they also introduced a gang of motherfuckers that. Random motherfuckers.
2: Yes. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, this whole episode was full of random occurrences.
0: Right? Like, All of a
2: sudden, McManus is insane. He just left. Right? <laughs> right? right? All of a I mean, we'll get to all these, but then the 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 girl had a miscarriage. The woman had a miscarriage out of nowhere.
0: Oh no, she had she. They said she had the miscarriage, and that's why the governor put the uh, get rid of death penalty again.
2: Yeah, but they just said that last episode. Yes, I they think did. they
0: did because they that did. Was when the they point. brought it
2: back, they
1: said they, they said it back. was a miscarriage. They said it was a miscarriage under suspicious circumstances.
0: Yeah, and I was like, she must like have done that. the coat hanger.
1: Yeah, she so. she did something.
2: And we were like,
0: there. how she how she get a miscarriage by suspicious reasons mm-hmm. when she's in a mental health facility where they're supposed to make sure that you can't get your hands on anything that will help you have a miscarriage.
1: Mm hmm. I mean, even even with a straight jacket on, you can still do a dive.
0: Yeah, I've seen New <laughs> Jack do that a few times, <laughs> but. To start this episode off, they run down niggas who we do not care about at all. Seven people were shot, and overall, four people were killed by Gill, uh, Officer Joseph Howard, somebody named Lou Rath. Who no one had—had had,
1: had anyone ever noticed that officer before, or was he? No, we're gonna in no, no,
0: no. I got a whole thing about that. I got a whole fucking okay. paragraph written about that shit because that infuriated me but we're going to get there in a second cuz there's more shit that happens that is just like why but before we get there Kenny Wangler was also killed by Gill and so was Junior Pierce this nigga's first name was Junior I mean y'all have not said his name through the entire fucking show and y'all finally have a choice they
1: just call him Pierce they just they just call them Pierce they only have a chance
0: to Yes, same okay. same man. Part three, he they finally have a chance to name this nigga whatever the fuck they want, and they pick Junior. You don't even give him a real first name like Cleotus Pierce Jr. And if his name was Junior, why they call him Jara, like right? I, instead, I of mean,
2: you're from Virginia, Scar. It's a lot of people in the South named Junior. Yeah, but that's like, a common thing.
0: We just call him Jara. You know what I mean. But I'm saying, in prison, they're not just gonna call him Junior, like Branson McArthur Pierce Jr. You could do that. Shit, you could done. Elton His name might be Pierce Junior. Junior, nah. Junior is a name. People nah. have that as a first name. Nah, that's like naming a nigga Junebug Pierce. Was the no? That's the, not like June. <laughs> was the
1: was the kid in Problem Child named Junior? I
0: just thought about that. Yes. What was Junior's name in Problem Child? He's somebody's seed. No, his name was Junior. Oh damn!
2: That's ridiculous. People, that's a, that's not an uncommon name. It
0: it's a Junior. It's not
1: it's not an uncommon name, but it's also not a
2: a good name. name? Yeah, like, not a good name.
0: That's like naming
2: your kid fucking Deuce. Yeah, Deuce Staley, Deuce McAllister. That's not their real name. <laughs> Deuce Staley, I think that is his real name. Deuce I'm McAllister about to look is this not. Shit up. Deuce McAllister. No, real Deuce Staley. It's else. because
0: his name is D U C E. So yeah, that could be his real name. But Deuce McAllister. No, that's not his
2: real name. I already know that. It's something else. Deuce McAllister, listen. It's again. some country ass name. I forget. Dulimus.
1: Janad McAllister. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah.
2: Deuce. Deuce. That yeah. niggas That's
1: name called... sound like a Konami code. No. <laughs> <laughs> his name sound like it should be uh uh some uh one of the lower level people on Mount. I Lake. know he's from somewhere <laughs> real in the
2: country. I already knew that. I can't remember where he's from, but I, and I couldn't remember his name, but I knew it was some country.
0: That niggas name sound like a yodel. <laughs> Where's he from?
1: Where's he from, Scar? Oh, I just I just clicked off of it because I was I was talking I know about from look.
2: Some of the
0: country because I you knew know his what? name was country
2: and I knew he was from where some some real country
0: place. He is from uh cha cha. Let's see. He went to Old Miss, obviously. He was born in Ludow, Ludlow, Mississippi. Told you. Also I knew it. Real talk though, shout out to that nigga. He was one of the hardest motherfuckers in the NFL Street. By far, my dude. Like by fucking far. Yeah. But his Deuce name Staley. was Dulemis.
1: Deuce Staley is Deuce Staley. I don't see no other name for
0: <laughs> right. There's no name. There nobody. You know. He made that nickname. That's like Kobe calling himself Black Mamba, which was I mean, or Durant, that's like Kevin Durant calling himself the fucking servant. Instead of the best fucking nickname the you Slim could possibly. The Slim Reaper, nigga. The, the Slim, Slim Reaper. Reaper.
1: The Slim Reaper was the dopest nickname, and he was just like, nah, I want to be the servant.
0: I'm the servant. Situation.
1: Sit your ass down.
0: So Junior, fucking Junior, uh, is dead, and so is Bricks, and so is Joe Howard, and so is Lou Rath. Saran and Ahmed, who I don't know who the fuck they are either, have superficial wounds, and they're at Benchley the Memorial, along with Keller, who has internal damage. So he'll be at the hospital for a while. They're discussing all of this while they're still cleaning the blood off of Atabisi's windows, and Adebisi's taking his shit. Who the fuck was tasked with cleaning the window? Right. They've taken people to the hospital. They've taken people to the morgue. They've taken Gil away. Who the fuck? Yo, when we get back, my mom would have said, "When I get back home, this shit better be cleaned up."
1: Right. And you like know? last time I checked, every time they get pissed off at the inmates, they make them do their own cleaning. Right. Right. Did you defrost the fucking chicken like I asked you to? And then like, like no. And they and were watching the windows like a motherfucking car where it was just like the blood was coming off real yeah. easy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was coming off real easy, and it was just like a wet fucking sponge wet and the sponge. shit was just running down. You and know, it's just I like what? CSI? the fuck is that shit going?
0: I, I see CSI. That ain't how blood works. Nope, not
1: at all. Uh blood coagulates.
0: Right. If they've been gone as long as they've been gone, that shit is dry. So anyway, uh, they're like, where'd the gun come from? That's what Murphy asked uh, Leo. And Leo's like, you know what? I'm going to find the fuck out. And Said and the brothers all said out the gate, we have no idea. Why the fuck are you asking us when a white dude's the one who fired the gun? And Adebisi takes this time out of no fucking where to say Emerald City's out of control and McManus must go. That's the first salvo. Yep, that was literally out of no fucking where. Like that yeah. statement had no yeah. connection. And at that point in time, Leo looked at him like, why the fuck would you say that? Like what? Like what the fuck? Did what the fuck that he has to do with this shit?
2: What he do and with then, you? This say he he
1: didn't bring and, your and niggas then, in the in the in the shoes. To be backed up by a reef is Arif. What made this shit like, uh, oh oh so you so you down with the Muslim? So that made this shit real." Man, mm-hmm. get the fuck out of here with all this shit.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Saeed noticed that shit too. And he's talking to Arif and he's talking to uh, Atabisi. And he's like, yo, y'all niggas getting kind of tight out of nowhere. Man, this shit go. We don't know where the gun came from. Why are you asking us? I was a white man's finger on the
2: trigger. I'm talking to everyone. Whether you find out the truth or not,
1: one thing is clear. Emerald City is out of control. McManus must go. You telling me who to hire and who to fire, to BC? Just pointing out reality. McManus was lax. Ultimately,
0: the responsibility is his. And you better act fast. The press wants answers. The public wants someone to blame. Thank you for your concern.
2: You two were very chill, me in there. Rare. Finding such agreement. So, oh, y'all yeah, saying you don't matters to the
0: fire? What is going on? What do you care? You lost the taste of power, isn't that what you said? Then you're out of this. Meanwhile, while that's going on, Saeed looked, what's up and here's Poet, who, it just struck me, Poet has lost both his niggas in one fell swoop.
1: Yeah, he's going through it like he's that is that is grief.
0: That nigga's going through a Thor moment. Yeah, <laughs> he is going through that nigga got Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, is, what kind
1: of what kind what uh, of we have beer on the ship? <laughs> like it's going on a what kind situation? Oh
0: shit! So he looks up and um, he's he's looking at at. at poet uh doing poetry like yo we're gonna play it because po- you know it's 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 poet doing his poetry and shit but adobeezy comes up there and he's like yo get revenge post like fuck you nigga these white folks out here who am i getting revenge on adobee's like these white folks out here poets like these white folks didn't pour hot soup on my face
2: right
1: Oh, I n- I noticed something. Um, we said that the um that the, the scars went away, but his hair grew back. Mm-hmm. That might have been the, the hair might be covering because it was it was like under his chin. His his beard grew back.
2: He all he did is put some cocoa butter on it. He was good. Took butter. a couple of weeks.
0: One week, one and a half weeks. He going he gonna put out ads when it's all said and done. Plus, if he was burned the way I thought he was burned. Doesn't your hair follicles like get damaged to the point where they don't grow anymore?
1: Exactly, but he grows beard back, and right now all that shit gone. Right? I don't all know.
0: Of. I have all questions. Of. Um, but at a like, "Yo, that was old news. If you were one step to the left, you would have got shot, and Bricks would have been my best friend right now." Stick with me, my nigga. We gonna make this all right.
1: How the fuck does like really appeal to all of these people? He's tortured. This whole series, he's tortured all of these people in one way or another, Mm. and now all of a sudden he's just like, you and me, dog.
0: Well, it's the same way that uh, Schillinger came over. Exactly. It's the same way Schillinger came over was talking to all the white guys, like, we gotta stick together.
1: Yeah, and then the dude said, I'm Russian, you know, all all this other stuff, and he's, he's like, do you accept me? He was like, Nigga, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, I guess. I mean, it's it's like, it's us versus them. I guess I'd rather you be one of us than
2: one of them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody in Oz is racist, except Beecher.
1: Would would you say McMahon is?
0: Rabado is, isn't
2: racist. Oh yeah, Rabado. He well, he just he just old. You know, he just picked the side that won him
1: he been there long enough for the for the, for all that shit to go out of him. But,
2: you know, once
0: you have a race war, you're kind of forced to take a side. I don't think Rebido taking anybody's side. God's on his side. God's got my back, niggas.
1: Oh, don't, don't worry about Rebido. Yeah, I know.
0: Fine. So one thing fine. that did happen is that El Cid saw Adebisi with a gun, and he's about to snitch. Like, really? I thought this dude was solid. I thought he was solid. Like, wasn't he getting mad at uh, Miguel because he thought Miguel was going to snitch on him and now he's snitching on somebody else? I'm disappointed. Guess politics goes above keeping it 100.
1: And how did he see him with the gun when, like, the dude was just waving the gun out in the middle of fucking, in the middle of his cell and nobody seemed to know this except for this
0: one dude. This one dude looking all the way across because, remember, uh, El Cid was in the same cell that Peter uh, Shabetta was in looking straight across how the fuck did he see out of bc throwing the gun waving the gun in the air like a fucking onyx video (laughs) nobody else did (laughs) just throw your guns in the air and wave them like you just don't care back the fuck up back the fuck up that reminds me we have a review remind me to read it to y'all later on scar you're gonna get a kick out of it okay um the next thing that happens is that we see Alva Cases ad for governor, and it's fucking dope. I'd vote for him. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a Republican. I think he's a Democrat running against the governor. I think he is. I'm not sure, but if you know what, he's a Democrat. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. But it feels like everybody in this show is an undercover Republican except for McManus.
2: Yes. Yeah, McManus is a lit-wristed liberal.
0: <laughs> they we said found that, that out, too. out today. But Alva in his uh in his ad puts out the kill shot when he's like, Yo, I'm so trustworthy, I have so much integrity. Because this whole thing was who's got integrity? Alva Case has so much integrity that after the rides to the prison, the governor came to him to investigate. That's a fucking smart ass ad, right there. That's
1: a, that's a kill shot.
0: That's a kill shot like a motherfucker. Look, you know you want me because he wanted me. <laughs> It's like that dude from that Netflix show. Not only did I try and fuck the daughter, I fucked the mom and then I fucked the dad. Vote for me. So is is Rock coming back? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. I hope Uh he does. I don't know.
1: No, because remember we looked it up, and that was the only. Episode. Oh right,
0: it was the only episode he showed up in the. Uh, act. So they should have so put they, him in this episode. They put him in this episode because
2: they saw they, his video. They, you they know really what I'm saying him. they
0: should have put his his name in the credits because yeah. but they only showed his face and they didn't have him speak. So maybe that's why they didn't have him in there.
2: So that tells me rock ain't finna win.
0: No, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> come on, oh, that was good.
1: <laughs> I, I I got you. I felt you.
0: Uh, So the next thing that happens is that the governor's uh, aide, uh, Wendy, comes to Leo and and she's like, yo, we need a scapegoat. McManus got to go. That's two salvos. Leo's like, what the fuck did McManus do? (laughs) Right. And Wendy's like, well, it's pretty much better him than the governor, especially if you're gonna be lieutenant governor. So whose back do you have? That's really the, the gist of the conversation. Because Leo's a black Republican. He really is.
2: Yeah, because because
1: he's wants to be on the he's on the governor's ticket.
0: hmm And Wendy told Leo. This is the fucked up part. This is what made me mad about Leo in this situation. Last episode, Wendy told Leo, you're not even on the ticket yet. We're just considering you. Right. So that was this shooting thing with Gil happened. They went into the next episode like damn near right after the shooting, like Maybe a few hours after. So he's still not on the ticket. If you get rid of McManus, you're still not on the ticket. But how fortuitous is it that in this episode, Arif and, uh, and Adebisi are trying to get rid of McManus and get him out of M-City at the same fucking time as the governor? I really, really wish they could have this same type of energy to get some fucking cameras in that gym.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> also, uh, Tim got mail from Whittlesey. And it was a recorded voiceover by Carmella, Uh, that is just there to send Tim deeper and further down into a hole of just grief. Honestly, I laugh my ass off.
1: He just reads it. I don't even think he finishes. He just kind of lights the bitch on fire.
0: Yep. He reads it and, and Carmelo's voice comes through. Dear Tim, I know by now that Sister Pete has given you the news that I'm not coming back to Oz. This almost seem unreal to you. So, did, did she tell Sister Pete to tell Tim that she's not coming back to Oz? Yeah. Because it's so that's a fucked up way to handle business.
1: Um, that's exactly what happened.
0: She literally said, Hey, Sister Pete, can you do me a favor and tell Tim I'm not coming back? All right, cool. And then call me when you did it so I can send off this letter. Yeah, I'm sister. writing you a four
1: page letter. Listen, like, Sister Pete, I need you to do me a solid.
0: Just a piece, just a piece, just a piece, it's a Pete. Remember that one time that I, I I handed you some toilet paper underneath the stall? Can you tell Tim that I'm not coming back to us? And let me know when you did so I can send him a letter. I'm getting married. Yeah, I'm getting why the fuck would I tell you? We're not close like that. Shut the fuck up. Tim set the shit on fire with a big ass lighter with like a butane blowtorch. He set the shit on fire with the type of lighter that uh G Money used in fucking New Jack City. <laughs> <laughs> <Smoking rocks. laughs> like and then tim comes into the meeting that leo was holding and after hearing this uh met or reading the, hearing this message with echoes by the way that's important but yeah the echo message, the echo shit was weird very weird you know what it sure as hell does to me when, when I left two weeks, weeks ago on vacation, vacation, I never dreamed I turn around. I think the echoes are embodying how it's the world's closing uh-huh. in on Tim. Yeah, it's, it's how he's it's being home. rocked by these words. Yeah,
1: it's how it's resonating with him.
0: Mm-hmm. So Tim sets the uh, letter on fire and he goes into a meeting that is being held by uh, Leo where Leo's talking about uh, some shit. Hold on one second. Because after this plays, and I'm gonna let it play out in its entirety, both the meeting and the memorial that happens afterwards, oh, and please, then we, we to do, need to talk.
1: Do we have to do that
0: part? Like, the, We the have to do that part, yes. Okay, okay. And then we have to fucking talk. I've been asked to pick one staff member to serve as part of a state delegation that's going to South Africa for a discussion of human rights issues. That uh, group will visit the Pretori prison, the Water prison, as well as go on safari. Sorry. Uh, Leo, I just want to talk for one minute, okay? Not now. I'm in in the middle of something. Yeah, just one minute
2: about Officer Howard's memorial service.
1: You
0: know, it's important, goddammit, because the man was killed right in front of me. It's important because he was killed in front of me. That's the only reason it was important. Sorry, I'm going to keep going. All right, go ahead.
2: OK, uh,
1: I think that we should videotape the ceremony so that when his grandkids get older, they can watch it. Eternal rest grant unto him, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine down upon him. And now Tim McManus would like to say a few words. Tim?
0: Uh, Joe loved love to bet on the horses. And so in honor of him, I would like to... Camp town ladies sing this song. Do-da, do-da. Camp town Why? five miles
1: long. Oh, do-da day gonna run all
0: night gonna run all day bet my money on a bobtail nag somebody bet on the bay Somebody you, you know what I have notes I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Brandon go first. Brandon do you have thoughts?
2: Yeah they made him go crazy.
0: This is unlike Tim, like a motherfucker. This nigga saying "Camp Town Ladies." Does he not know the fucking racial history behind that song? Also, I mean, you the racial
1: history of that song. That song is in Blazing Saddles, right? You know know what I mean? You
2: don't know
0: "Camp Town Ladies." You don't know the "Camp Town Lady." And also, this is his eulogy. Also, he walks into this meeting, bursts open. The door comes in, yeah, demands that, that, that the board stops talking. So then he. Hmm? That nigga kaboomed, guess who stepped in the room, Wu the fuck out of this meeting, dog. Right? Just so, just so then he could say, I think we should have a eulogy for Joe Howard. This motherfucker reads the letter from Whittlesy, sets it on fire, and then goes directly into this meeting and bangs the door open and starts talking about Joe's. Joe's memorial. If I'm a if I'm a grandchild, you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to watch the video of my grandfather's memorial when I get older. That's one thing. Two and, things, and, niggas... and,
1: and I don't want to see a motherfucker singing "Camp Town Lady" at my black grandfather's funeral. Also, memorial
0: service. Two things. One, that's your eulogy. Like you don't even say anything nice about him. You get up there, and the first thing you say, as soon as you step up there, crumpling your piece of fucking paper.
1: Yeah, I thought he was going to say something. He didn't say anything. All he said was- He came oh, well, he in and, and busted
0: out. He came in like this. Joe show enough did like to bet on them horses. Oh, <laughs> the camp town lady <laughs> sing this song. The only doo-dah. thing. That,
1: the only thing that would have made it worse is if he would have pulled out a pitch pipe first. Be I mean, like- <laughs> That would have been the only thing that would have made this worse. And then the worst one. If he started started dancing too. If he started doing the jig. No, what makes it worse. This is what makes it worse.
0: I bet you're going to say the same thing I was going to say.
1: He campaigned to have it videotaped and made sure he was singing directly into that motherfucking camera.
0: Nope. The thing that was worse than that is the fact that for the first time in the history of this entire fucking show, we get to see every single goddamn black CEO in the fucking building the entire room is full of black co's that supported this guy that we've never heard of we've never heard of any of these people we don't know his family we don't know any of these fuckers but they're all there to look at gas as this motherfucker starts singing this racist song to his uh, because, to his wife
1: at the very least when most of the inmates die we at least get an episode Of who they are, or like most of an episode, and then they die that episode, but like we didn't get none of that. He just got popped, and that was just it. Mm -hmm. And then we get the
0: fucking Camtown lady. Nigga, if you don't get the fuck out of here, you you burst into a meeting where they're talking. You burst into the meeting and uh, bullshit, you know. I'm sorry, but you know, he almost he died right in front of me. Like, that's the reason why you want to do this. First of all, that's 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 what we're talking about but the only thing you could think to do is Joe had a gambling problem. The Camp Town Ladies.
2: Also, did you know
0: Joe was cheating on you? Me! (laughs) He's going crazy.
2: Y'all yeah. are ignoring no, no, we're not. No. I'm not because ignoring his mental breakdown,
0: but they're not connected. He's doing this. You're telling me that he cares about Joe because Whittlesey sent him a fucking letter. He cares about Joe because of the sexual no. harassment that's going on. These two things are in no way connected. No, right. all those
2: things are causing him to act insanely. Radically, yes. But, yes. But,
1: it, but it is covered because when Sister P and the doctor go to the warden, Right after this, they're like, yo, he is cracking the fuck up. We need to do mm-hmm.
0: something about and it. And the warden is like, I did do something about it. I fired this motherfucker. <laughs> it's like,
1: we need to talk to him. Well, you can talk to him while he's getting his shit.
0: <laughs> Somehow Clara's in the back smiling through this whole motherfucking scene.
1: She is she is giggling under her breath that whole fucking time.
0: But we all know she's a fucking racist. Yes. She's sitting in the back laughing racistly. While this nigga stands up there and sings a song that is literally tailor-made for her laughter. McManus is a college-educated motherfucker. He talks about that all the goddamn time. You're going to tell me he's not smart enough to know that you do not sing Camptown Ladies to black folks? Who the fuck wrote this scene? Who wrote this episode? The script, the entire script of this beginning part is laughable as fuck. All of this shit happens in perfect time. This is literally the perfect storm you came up with. You couldn't think of any other way to get McManus out the paint. Shit. Um, the whole thing about the sexual harassment thing with uh, with, with with Bricks.
1: Just kind of died.
0: When Bricks did. Plus, they said Bricks said that he may have overstated it a little bit when he was trying to get back in the eyes. So he had admitted that that was a fucking farce. Claire mm-hmm. had already played out. She had her job. There's no longer anything we're going to worry about on that part. Why the fuck is he having a breakdown? Seriously. Let's think about this. Two of his biggest issues got resolved back to back.
2: It wasn't resolved. But
0: it's because Whittlesey... Isn't that shit was out of nowhere, too. Whittles he going to going to England is what causes his breakdown. Somebody, he literally said that he had been playing with her emotions. He did buy a ring. We ain't getting no younger. We might as well do this. Doesn't mean it's love. He bought a ring. He had the thing with Wangler.
2: Then he had to, you know, you forgetting he had to blow up with, with uh, the warden as well. No,
1: no McManus. He probably helped pay for that trip.
0: <laughs> no, McManus, he was probably supposed to go there to the next week. And then she sent him a letter saying, nah, don't come. And then he had people die in front of him for the second time in Oz. I, you know, I was really trying to think back to that episode, whether or not we actually saw dude get shot. I know we saw Murphy right there, but I didn't remember seeing Yeah, he got shot. No, he I don't got, remember Ma- seeing McManus right McManus there was when dude right got there. shot. Yeah, he, he was, was hiding under. The, he was and right there.
1: Afterwards, afterwards, he was hiding. He was in that little area where the where the guards are.
0: Okay, yeah. but you don't see anybody, You don't see Murphy doing this.
1: I mean, Murphy seemed like a real ass nigga. You I, know
2: mean, you? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Murphy's
0: a cop. Yeah, this ain't no damn cop.
2: He was hiding under that desk.
0: But the thing that gets me the most out of all of this, I mean, this shit is laughable. The writing is laughable. It's bad comedy. But the fact that this somehow was Adebisi's plan. 95% of the shit that was out ad- of the 95% of the shit that led to McManus getting resigning because he didn't get fired. He resigned. Adebisi oh, had Adeb- nothing to do with. No, oh, no. I, no think, I, think, did- I think
1: what Adebisi did would put pressure on him to resign. Yes. As it was like, you know, you go to, you can go to the people and say, yo, too many things keep happening around this dude. So we got to get him up out the paint. And I think that's what really happened. Like Mm. too many things keep happening around him, including this stuff where people died. People died because of his lax, Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like his, 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 his lax policies and his liberal nonsense. Uh, He actually believed that these people can be helped. And we just saw someone go off and kill people. Uh, because of McManus
2: and his policies, mm-hmm. I'm just not sure why BC would think if, if random black person X is going to come in and be
0: more liberal. Yeah, I don't but, understand why but, he would think that any CEO would be liberal
1: because he has no idea who, or does he? I mean, I mean, I know who comes in, but like, does he have any idea who comes in
2: to take no? The He's just hoping it's a black person.
0: <laughs> well, the first, the next thing that well, happens is that Murphy gets named the temporary director of Emerald City. So, I mean, Beecher, rightfully, rightfully so. Yeah, he's the next up. Beecher asked him for a status update on Keller, and Murphy's like, go the fuck away. He doesn't tell him, go the fuck away, but he's like, dude, I'm busy. Like, dude, somebody, people got murdered. <laughs> you know what I mean? McManus is gone. Like, There's been a lot of upheaval, and you're asking me to check on your boyfriend. And he's like, Please, please, can you check? Please. (laughs) Murphy's like, Do go away. And then Saeed and Beecher talk. You were tormented in your role in the death of Andrew Schillinger. You went looking, you came to me. You asked for guidance in the ways of Islam. You found
2: comfort, peace of mind in the arms of Allah. But you have this thing between you and kill homosexual acts are blasphemy i know that i want to love him kareem and i do
0: and as for a i'll take my chances with him when the time comes so um he basically uh, he, he basically
1: went full tupac
0: yeah but um wait do y'all remember in season one, episode three, where Saeed had just converted Jefferson to being a Muslim? And Jefferson went full hard in the paint, uh, full hard in the paint in dealing with his little brother, who we haven't fucking seen since season one, by the way. But Saeed tells Jefferson, he pulls his coat and he's like, yo, the way you're talking to your brother is not the way to bring people to Allah. Because Jefferson was telling his brother that since he was uh gay, he couldn't fuck with him anymore. He couldn't be around him. He couldn't do anything like that. Yeah, this Pepper aligns with that. Pepper's Farm remembers. Yeah, but this aligns yeah. with that. This ain't no different. No, Saeed was the one who was saying you got to be, you got to have grace when you're talking to folks. So, yeah. So what's different about this? Saeed's not being gracious at all. No, that's. No, Actually, okay. in this entire episode, Saeed you're really okay. showing his his okay. ignorance. Or you no,
2: know, see what you're doing is different than what Saeed was doing. See what you're doing is like the right thing, but you're not doing the right thing in his mind. See, Saeed never said that he hated gay people. He never said that gay people should burn in hell and that they're trash and they shouldn't. I shouldn't talk to him or talk to him at all. Even later in the episode, the dude says, "Are you prejudiced against me?" And he said, "No." I pray for you every day to see the light in his mind. He's not, he's not saying like Jefferson, like, like Tommy Shepard, I forget his name, but Tommy Shepard was doing (laughs) where he was just like, no, get away from me. Don't talk to me. You're not, you're not in my family. He, he never said you should ostracize gay people. He, in, in Saeed's mind, he believes that is wrong and that he wants you to come to the light But he does not think that you are the scum of the earth, piece of trash, like you should die and burn and never be spoken to by anybody in the world like Jefferson was acting. So this aligns perfectly with that. He's basically saying to Beecher, you came to me for this thing and you're still doing this thing that's holding you back from full salvation. And I want you to get there. He's not telling Beecher, don't ever talk to me as long as you have this thing with Keller or else you're nothing to me. I can't even speak to you. In his mind, that's how he's act. So this lines up perfectly with that to me. Absolutely true. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm not. He's not right. I'm. Just no, I mean you're right. Mind. He's not. You're yeah, right. In, he's not. In, in yeah, his right. mind. In his mind, he thinks he's doing. He's. He doesn't. He's doing think he's, the Lord's work. Yeah, he doesn't think he's being a bit he doesn't think he's being uh, like a bad person he thinks he's being a good person is, yeah he doesn't think mind. he's
0: being homophobic he thinks that he's saving souls right. the long way around he saw sure. what
2: Jefferson was doing as being like over like just bad like homophobic hateful he doesn't think he's being hateful
0: yeah for sure you 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 right see see I'll admit it oh by the way do we mention that the governor's uh manager called McManus a limp-wristed liberal and a piece of trash throw him out with the rest of the trash because that was funny. <sighs> so anyway, after...
1: And Brandon mentioned that earlier, but... Yeah,
0: yeah. Except for the throw him out with the trash part. True. Like, this is supposed to be your boy. throw him out with the rest of the trash Get him out the paint. So, Beecher... Oh well, we know Glenn ain't shit. He ain't been shit. Man, he just keeps digging his ditch further and further. So, Beecher talks to his dad and, and finds out that they found Hank. Um, Hank does not fuck with his dad at all which I understand his dad's put him through some shit uh, his dad and from what the way that Hank speaks later on we see that Hank might not be his uh, a leaf off his dad's tree. Um, Andrew seemed to be more in the in the ways of his dad at least the way they were talking earlier. Not um, true at Did all. you hear what he said the first
1: thing the first thing you saw. The first thing you saw from Hank was that tattoo on his neck. You know he was yes. about that life because that shit was on his neck.
2: And then mm-hmm. he said, my brother's dragging a nigger in the back of his truck. Yeah, that's
0: that's what I was saying. I was thinking like he was judging Andrew. Like I haven't seen Andrew because he's doing shit like that. He's dealing with tricks and he's dragging niggers from the back of his truck. But he did say nigger. So, <laughs> yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> but the the um, conversation with, with Hank... Uh, Schillinger looks happy as fuck. Beecher looks really satisfied with himself. And our, uh, Hank is actually told father Ray or told, uh, Beecher's dad that the only way he's going to talk to Schillinger is if he gets paid. So Beecher tells his dad to pay him. He pays half the money when he gets there and half the money after the conversation's over. Hank is high through a whole fucking conversation. Mm -hmm. And Beecher's just Mm -hmm. on cloud nine that his son is even there and uh ask Hank to come back and talk to him again you said i that. already know you said i that. already know where this whole where this whole thing is leading to um ah. and 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 God damn it, that's all i'm going to say um I, I know
1: exactly where it's going and it it, do, it doesn't go in the direction that i thought originally
0: yeah no so uh, Beecher's like did how Schillinger look and Father Ray on him. He looked real happy. He looked real. You know, I've never seen him look this happy before. And it seems like it's going to be a happy ending. And, you know, we we hope it all works out. Schillinger is the ultimate warrior. That's who he is.
2: A horrible human being who probably genuinely do, does care about his children.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can see <laughs> that because warrior. he had horrible uh, – he got horrible lessons from his dad. He's trying to fix that, but he's giving horrible lessons to his sons. And mm-hmm. you know the the circle, the the you know it it just the cycle it continues. Mm-hmm. Um, Mobay sees his fake ass wife. Uh, the lieutenant wants to know when Mobay is going to get some arrests out of this undercover sting, uh, but because Kenny and Junior Junior got killed and shit. His investigation is now at a standstill. Uh, also, we find out uh, in the conversation that Moe and Augustus have later on that these niggas did not plan this out well at, at, at all. Nope.
1: I miss my wife constantly. Lately, I feel like I'm losing her. You think she's sleeping with another guy? No. Just becoming you know, less and less important to her. She's in the space that I left. That could never happen to Keen and me. No? No. You yeah, will see. Where's she from? DC. Really? What?
0: No, she just, she looked familiar to
1: me. I was trying to figure out from where. How long has she been in the city? Six months or so. Oh, uh, I definitely don't know her. All right, man, all right. Hey, Kino.
2: Did you ever have any run-ins with a guy named Augustus
1: Hill? Yeah, I thought so. He says he
0: recognized you. Well, I think to be safe, you should come visit for a while. So... Two things. One. Three things. Three things. Thing one. That motherfucker's Jamaican accent is horrible.
1: 100%. And he's it's going to make it it just gets worse.
0: Man. Thing two. Um, Augustus, I, I I have seen this show called 60 days in where they send people into jails to investigate for this, for the sheriff and they get information, all that kind of shit. And they give these folks uh, fake stories about why they're locked up. And they're supposed to memorize their story, stick to their story and all that kind of shit. Augustus has literally blown holes through Mobe's story in like the first two, three days. First two days, because he got there right as uh, right as Bricks and, and Junior got murdered. So in the first two days, Augustus has already blown holes through his entire story. If
2: Augustus can remember who this woman is.
0: You know he's going to. They wouldn't have brought it up if he wouldn't. Third thing is, why the fuck would they have local detectives doing undercover work at this fucking prison?
1: exactly that's the most important thing like well i mean well m- like mobe probably isn't but like if you send her in like somebody might know who she is mm-hmm. somebody might have seen her before and it just so happens to be his fucking
0: cellmate and and here's the last question i have when he got on the phone with Kima, was her name Kina or Kima? Cause if her name was Kima, then they took that shit for the wire. But if it was Kina, okay, I'll, they took that shit for the wire. Um, when he said, "Do you know Augustus Hill?" she said, "Yes," real quick. She didn't have to look through no records. She didn't have to say what's he looked like. She, she probably to, was one of the cops that arrested him. I'm guessing that's what it was. Oh, I was there when he oh, this, shot this, the cops. This,
1: this all comes. It all comes to a head. Trust me. It's,
0: it's just like this head. is all just so coincidental
1: it it gets worse it gets worse it gets so much worse like his his situation it never
2: it never works out well for uh,
0: undercover cop in prison on a television but because
1: same man part 1
0: mm-hmm. and they warned him they warned him at the beginning yo the last motherfucker who was here it didn't turn out good for him at all also you have to keep in mind the wire starting soon kenny that's why kenny left to go to baltimore the wire's starting soon. No, why does it
2: start for at least another year? 2002. So I think it's two years from now. So that's probably not why.
1: Yeah, because this came out in 2000.
2: Mm. Huh. So I don't know what Wangler was doing. But they got a lot of people out there painting the first two episodes. McManus,
0: so, Wangler, yeah. Junior, Junior. Willowsley. So, so the next thing that happens is that. Uh, Mobay still has this horrible accent on it. He's talking to a Poet, who is now you know, the only dude working with Adebisi running drugs so Wait, now their best that friend dude is,
1: that dude is from Baltimore. Which dude? Who? Mobay. Mobe.
0: Oh. So um, he's like, yo, when I was in Jamaica, I used to run lines, man. I can run lines for you right now, man. Do you like the hat? Boy ye! Lord have mercy.
1: <laughs> the the wire started in two thousand two, so he was right.
0: Yeah, of course, Brendan knows he was in Baltimore. That was like they should.
1: No, I mean, I mean, he knows the wire before it was the wire. But I'm from West Baltimore,
0: born and raised on the mm-hmm. playgrounds of where he spent most of his days.
1: He was he, he knows the ear hustling. He don't
0: know the wire yet. So, <laughs> um, the. So Poet, who is now working with Adebisi, goes and tells Adebisi about Mobe. And they have Mobe come up to the education center where the teacher we haven't seen in like... Since yeah, he's, two? Been go-
1: he's been, he's been ghosting a
0: long-ass time. We ain't seen that nigga in a long time either. We ain't, seen, like- we, ain't seen, we ain't seen that nigga since graduation. What happened to him? What happened to the red-headed white boy that I was fucking with? Uh, that was fucking with... Tommy. Tom- what happened to Tommy? According to this, Tommy Kirk was in this episode. Where the fuck is Wallace? <laughs> <laughs> so, he goes... I'm sorry. He goes and he talks to BC. And this story is going to fall apart soon. Mr. BC. Nice island.
1: Jamaica. You've been I asked the questions. Understood. How is Junior number doing? I know who he is, but we have never danced together. Marco sorry. Again, I know of him. William Pouches? Him, I don't know that That's because I made him out. You know Alam King? <laughs> Barely. And who do you know who can vouch for you? Nesta Parks. Nesta Parks. He's in lab Serving 15 years. You can go now. Give me a chance to prove myself. Go. Contact Nesta Box. I want to hear stories about a new monkey.
0: How the fuck did Adabisi get here? He's black. No. How did Adabisi get to this point where he's like calculating and just uh, call this dude. I want you to check him and all that kind of stuff. Wasn't he fucking insane in like the first two seasons? No, he was pretending. No, he was pretending to be subtly sane and that he had turned his life around. He met his daddy
2: and his daddy awakened him. Wasn't his his daddy awakened him. Wasn't his his daddy. That's what he says. His daddy. That's what he said. Wasn't his dad. Once his daddy awakened him,
1: his spiritual became
2: a new, he had a spiritual awakening and he's a new person. That's all. And he's seen the light and the light that he's seen is that these white devils are the causes of everything. And then the only way to get things better is to rally all the blacks, to hate all the whites, and that the blacks will eventually
0: win the race war. Okay. Also, they could come up with the name Nestor, but Pierce's first name was fucking
2: Junior. It's not terribly different than Minister Farrakhan. Like, it's not terribly different
0: than that mindset. I thought you were saying the name Nestor. (laughs)
1: I mean, that was Bob Marley's middle name, right? I
0: don't, I don't fucking know. So anyway. I'm
1: almost, I'm almost certain that that's
0: what it is. Return to Oswald. We'll be back after this brief break. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasts with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you can get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P O D O G O dot C O. And be sure to add our podcast in the how did you hear about podgo section of the application. And so the next thing that happens is Devil's Pie starts playing by (laughs) D'Angelo. as they start getting the drug game all put together out there in Nebraska, Sincere tells us, yeah, we got it set up in Nebraska. we were looking real nice. You know, because my homeboy, whose wife was a cop, was able to help us out. But here's some fuckery that happened and here's some shit that should never happen. I want y'all to listen to me. Um, I I grew up in an abusive household. I would never condone abuse. I would never condone any of that shit. I don't find it funny. I don't find it humorous. I think it's fucking deplorable but what we ain't gonna do on my house is play you sneak up behind me while I'm bagging up dope and put a gun to the back of my goddamn neck (laughs) yeah she was wilding yes I'm not gonna be able to giggle that one off with you not at all sit your sexy ass down my girl y'all walking up on us with a cop uniform on and a gun sticking a gun in the back of why you shoot my wife I mean she she fucked around and found out (laughs) ahoy motherfuckers join Brandon and I every Sunday as we look back on movies that we used to love and figure out why we probably hate them now we're available everywhere so do what you have to do to play What's going on, everyone? This is your girl, Julie, host of
2: It Goes Down in the PM. We talk about everything from work, motherhood, local celebrities to comic books. Tune in every Friday at wine o'clock to find out what really goes down in the PM.
0: The next thing that uh, we see is that stankin' ass... I mean, Trisha's back.
1: It's it's Nesta. Is Bob Marley's middle name?
0: So Nesta, does he sing "Congratulations"?
1: You know the you know the song about what you call it?
0: Nesta, Neste?
1: You know you know who that song is about, right? No. Congratulations. Yeah, no. About Bruce Willis
0: and Demi Moore. Yep. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here.
1: Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis before Demi Moore, apparently him and um, was named Bob Johnson from uh, Miami Vice. Uh-huh. Uh, apparently those two gentlemen really loved the chocolate and uh, he was with Vesta for a little bit and they had a great time and she loved him a lot. Then she found out later that he was getting ready to marry Demi Moore. And that's where the song comes from.
0: Golly, you would never know because that's in amazing. all his movies, he acts like the biggest fucking racist. Yep, that song is about him. You know what? That tracks the same way that... Um, uh, God, what was that song by Alanis Morissette? You Oughta Know.
1: Yeah, about Dave Kouyak.
0: Yeah. Also, and I said this uh, in, in other terms, but y'all ever notice how You Oughta Know sounds like a fucking wrestler's promo?
1: Absolutely. But then there's this thing, right? Have you ever played that song in like a game like Rock Band? No. Yo, I didn't realize that that is Flea on the bass. And that shit, the bass line is funky as fuck on that song. But you don't pay no attention to it because you're paying attention to what she's saying. But listen to that song. The bass line is killing because it's Flea on the
0: bass. But listen to that song from a wrestler standpoint. You seem very well... Things look peaceful. I'm not quite as well. I thought you should know. Did you forget about me, Mr. Duplicity? I'd hate to bug you in the middle of dinner. Yeah, it sounds like... It was a slap in the face how quickly I was replaced. (laughs) The
1: ultimate warrior. It sounds 100% ultimate warrior.
2: He sounds like the ultimate
0: warrior. It's the joke that you laid in the bed that was me, and I'm not going to fade as soon as you close your eyes, brother. And every time I scratch my nails down someone else's back, I hope you feel it, brother. That
2: does sound like the Yappapai Indian Strap Match promo. Right? Anybody's ever seen that? <laughs> it's, the, it's the most incredible thing you ever see.
0: I'd hate to bug you in the middle of dinner, brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, that bitch is running his course.
0: Yeah, so um, you made your point. Thank you. So <laughs> um, stankin' ass Scott Ross's sister Trisha's back, and uh, she thinks they're gonna win their trial. Also, she's like, I wish I could kiss you, and Saeed is still like, you know, that's how the fuck I got ousted out in the first place, so uh, no, And she's like, everything I love about you are the same things I hate about you. So while she thinks they're going to win their trial, they're losing the trial of interracial love.
2: Yeah. So why was she mad
0: again? Because Because she she wouldn't kiss her.
2: She
1: she wants the relationship to go further than he wants to at this point.
0: She's out there like, kiss me beneath the bearded barley. Yeah, so it's
1: just, I mean, I understand her, and I understand why she feels this way, but, like, my man is like, yo, I lost everything fucking with you.
0: I've decided that I can't do this right now. So he goes back, and he tells all the inmates that the trial is going well and that they're going to uh, be going to the testimony phase of the trial, but since everybody can't give a deposition, he's going to do it. Ryan is like, yo, when do we get paid? And he's like, we're not going to get paid. This is about something bigger than that. And um, Beecher's like, I bet you're the one who's going to go testify, aren't you? And is like, yes, I'm the only one who can. Until he finds out that he has to wear an orange jumpsuit to court because he's worried that the jury will see him as a criminal. But, you know, you, you, you kind of, I mean, Saeed, you, you kind of burn down buildings, nigga. Yeah,
1: I mean, you, I mean, you are.
0: I mean, it matches your teeth. Nigga. <laughs> you so uh, he goes to Zelman, the lawyer, and tells him, I want you to file the proper paperwork to get a, a motion set to get a waiver so then I don't have to wear a jumpsuit to court.
1: <laughs> and Beecher's like, I'll wear this jumpsuit I'll
0: and Beecher jump was like, suit. you know what Beecher has really taken on the role of, remember Rebido used to be the one who would read Saeed for filth back in like season one it ain't it. it ain't Rebido no more
1: Beecher's, No, because Beecher has read his ass before
0: too though but not like this Hey
2: Alright, back so soon? Yeah. There's a complication.
0: There always is with you. What do you mean by that? Well, you say you're not in this for the money, and I believe that. You say you are in it for justice, and I think there's something else involved. I think you want this case to fail. If the jury rejects our lawsuit, then you'll be able to point with righteous indignation at a system that doesn't work. But if we succeed then what do you have what can you rage against so you'll do anything to find a complication i will not be made a slave to by the laws of this state feature yeah well that's where you and i are different because i love the law even though it didn't work in my favor and i ended up in here i thank god every night for the laws we have because it keeps people like had a BC and Hernandez and Schillinger away from my children. You know what? I'm gonna tell him that if he needs me to,
2: I'm gonna testify instead of you. That that speech is the speech that justifies so much shit, even today. That is like the Twitter people who like who don't vote, but are like super progressive claim to be super progressive. And they're just like, but they do that. And, you know, or I'll vote third party because then I can say I didn't vote for Trump. So you can't call me a Trump supporter. But then if, you know, if Biden or some, you know, Democrat, that's not super left wing does something that I don't like, I can say y'all niggas voted for this person. Look at y'all. Uh, not me. Couldn't be me. And and it leaves you in a position to always have something to rail against, to always have something to be upset against, to always have something to say I'm right about. And Beecher was right about Saeed. He -hmm. knew he felt that way. What Saeed was asking for was not ridiculous. He's right. That would cause prejudice in the courtroom. But he's absolutely right with Saeed's mindset. He needs something to fight against, to rail against, to drive him. And having the court come out and say, yeah, dog, you're right. This was fucked up. Then he can't. What's he gonna rally people against at that point? 100%
0: right. I loved it. I just think Beecher's a fucking monster when it comes to speeches and monologues.
2: <clears throat> also, foreshadowing. There's a lawyer.
0: And, and you know, when you say that, Brandon, it still doesn't make any sense to me why people keep going to Saeed to have him do their cases <laughs> because there's actually a fucking lawyer in the building also well, I hope the, the one time
1: somebody did go to him he was just like this will not my kind of law dog That's
0: true, true true because he knows the law so uh beecher went and testified and saeed didn't like that and I, i'm hoping that doesn't turn into another divide in the line of justice instead of them dividing over racial lines they divide over justice um jason kramer the uh boxer gets a visitor mrs lazarus uh who's a random person but she was one of the jurors at his trial and they didn't give him a fair chance because he's gay uh it turns out that there was another guy she said that she's a christian and she feels like you know being gay is not the way and all that kind of stuff but there's another guy who was in the fucking jury who was worse than me and he bullied everybody
1: some redneck dude that was like nah son and this is how we gonna do this. So he basically he ran the whole thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And instead of twelve angry men, it was one angry homophobe and her. And so just like that, he got railroaded. But I mean, the nigga literally tried to mail somebody's head through FedEx. Right. So this is the same thing as when Augustus was trying to get free and the same thing's happening. He goes to Saeed and he's like, yo, can you represent me? in Said?" He's like, ugh. But he did it. Or at least we have the, we, we, we have the inclination that he's going to do it. That he's yes. going to do it. Yes. Okay.
1: Uh, and apparently I missed this. I'm looking at the cast list. Mm-hmm. And there's a gentleman here that said he was in this episode. His name is Clark Peters. You may not know that name. Yeah,
0: that's fucking uh that's that's uh fucking Lester from
1: the wire.
0: Yeah, that's Lester Freeman. He's also in he was in
1: this he apparently he was in the episode. I don't remember I don't remember seeing him.
0: But here's the other thing that you may not know about those two Lester and Lance Reddick. When we're talking about these folks and where they go afterwards, yes, they didn't go directly to the wire, they went to the corner. Oh yeah. They went to The Corner, which was a miniseries, and it's one of my favorite miniseries that HBO ever did, but it was a miniseries talking about a family's life as they're addicted to drugs. The father, the, uh, the wife, and the eldest son are all addicted to drugs. And are, no, the father and the wife are addicted to drugs. The son deals drugs, and it's the story of their life, and it's really good. Lance Reddick is in it, and so is uh, Lester Freeman. Lester has a bigger role as Fat Kurt but they're both still in this uh in this show. Um
1: yo, I'm looking at the the, the cast list for um for the corner. Man, there's some there's some black all-stars,
0: right? Also, there's some black yeah.
1: There's some black all-stars. TK Carter played in that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> also, um black all-stars. So, the next thing that happens after that is that um, after Kramer asks Saeed to represent him, is that Moses wakes up in the middle of the night, and Moses... Surprise, motherfucker. Surprise, motherfucker. He somehow wakes up in the middle of the night and hears Shirley getting fucked from behind loudly by a guard. How is he the only one that hears this? I have no clue. Or wakes up to that and no clue. There's like four people in there only one person here is this inmate getting fucked loudly like and nobody's being oh, oh. It's Lepresti, by the way. We don't think, know that. It, Seems pretty obvious. It it's obvious, fam. Because the next thing that happens is he's like, "Yo, uh you need to get her her broom painted." So then when the uh when the cameras come It looks good. So they hire, they get Ralph Galeno in there. They get fucking Herc in there. And Herc is still telling everybody and their mama who will listen. I'm innocent. I've always been innocent. I don't understand why the fuck this shit happened to me. It's great hearing Herc complain about this shit. So. And who is this
2: fine gentleman?
0: Ralph Galeno. He's going to paint yourself.
2: How do you do?
1: Well, the truth be told, I'm a little pissed off. On the outside, I was a contractor. Housing complex
0: I built collapsed, killed two people, but it wasn't my fault. I used to supervise painters. I never painted. He's never painted, but yet he paints this room in like five minutes because they let Shirley out to mill about death row randomly while uh, Ralph Galino paints her cell.
1: I ain't never paint before in my life, but on that level, not really. I think I may have once, but like, damn dog, you ain't have, you ain't do no cutting.
0: No, no tape, cutting? no nothing, <laughs> no moving of stuff, no anything, just paint. And so as Ralph is painting uh, Shirley's cell because Pressey suggested it, Shirley walked around and she walked over to Natalie's cell, who's making a dress. The guy across from Natalie makes a remark and Natalie calls him a jizz ball who murdered his whole family twice. And that's how we meet Mark Miles, who was convicted on 71097 of three counts of murder in the first degree, and he sentenced to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, random, but okay. Uh, then Shirley We have to the-
2: establish the crazies and odds.
0: We established the crazies and odds who ain't going to live long because the niggas on death row or the people who ain't going to show up again. He's going to die. That's why they brought him up. But how? That's a good question. So is Shirley the, is the best part. So Shirley comes over and she talks to Moses. Surprise, motherfucker. And tells him in the midst of their conversation that when he smiles, he's a very attractive man. And Moses replies for a nigger. Which means they had that conversation too. Right. <laughs> and Shirley says, now that she's close to the end, she's seeing that everybody is the same. She's been enlightened. No, yeah. she's
1: been incarcerated. <laughs> like that'll change some things about your your availability of dick.
0: I'm just saying, B.C. was there's it. no there's no lack of white dick in us. No, she's yeah. been enlightened.
1: But how much how much lack of there's a lack of white dick in death row other than the cops.
2: This yeah, should get plenty from the cops, though.
1: Yeah, but like I mean. I mean she liked she like watching the, the, the gay dude uh show show his penis, but like okay, so one the one dude is a woman. You know, he's Natalie. Yes, you know, yes Natalie, Natalie is there. Um, and then the other dude seems to really fucking hate her.
0: So let's let's do it like this. I'm I'm going to the one dude is he fucking hates everybody. Who's the the Mark Mark uh Oh, yeah. Mark, the, the guy who killed everybody. And then you have Natalie and she's definitely not interested in Shirley. I think that's what Scar is trying to say.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so he's,
1: he's left. He's that's Moses is all this left. And so yeah. she
0: tries to kiss him. And then Lepresti's like, oh, no.
1: No, somebody calls him.
0: The other yeah, a, one of the other prisoners the hate, does the, hate, the, hate the that one she, that killed his family. The one that
1: killed his family. They hating, the, the hating ass motherfucker. <laughs> that, that nigga hating.
0: Right? And so she's like, she's like, you know, I'm just, you know, just having my just getting around. And he's like, I right, come back over here because Galino's done with your fucking cell. That was like maybe three minutes. Because they don't see the story of Mark killing his family. They don't see any of that background. So she walks to Natalie. Mark says something mean to Natalie. Natalie tells Shirley about how Mark killed his whole family twice. Mark says some more stuff about how he went to the uh, mental health facility but got out and then did it again. And then they call him a psychopath. And then she goes to Mo- to Moses and kisses him. And Ralph's done. Yeah. I know those cells are small, but goddamn, right. And it didn't look, he was like, don't breathe in, you'll get high. So they're
2: just going to put her back in the cell?
0: They put her back into a drippy-ass painted cell? hmm
2: This is 1999. People live with lead paint.
1: They, they <laughs> couldn't just put her in. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's more cells in Death Row. They could have just put her in another cell temporarily. And like while that shit dries, at least, like nothing. It's like, no, go back in there and get high.
0: And so, in a story that is going to become a thing, uh, Gloria talks to Sister Pete and tells her that she convinced Preston's parents to participate in the victim intervention group. I care nothing about this story, line. Uh, Me either. It feels like they have some of these every season. Ryan says he's still in love with Gloria, and he's still hurting himself to be near her. I'm just skimming over the top of all this. Yeah. Um, they asked Cyril what he would say to the family if he got a chance to talk to him, and Cyril was like, would you be my friend?
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: Okay. Um and then Cyril somehow sees Nikolai Stan using his cell phone. I thought he was being more careful about his cell phone usage, but Cyril's like, "Hey, uh why are you using a payphone, Ryan?" And Ryan's like, Cuz, you know, it's fucking jail. Well, why don't you use a cell phone like that guy with the weird voice uses?" <laughs> Ryan's like everybody in here has a weird voice, and Cyril's like, no, the one who says like this. Rush ra. Oh, you mean the Russian? Yeah, the Russian. And so Ryan goes and talks to um, goes and talks to Stan and says, yo, let me have your cell phone. Sounds like he could rent it if I had one, but I don't. And so Ryan uh, acts like Cyril's sick one day and during lunch and goes to Stan's pod and tosses it because why the fuck would we lock up other people's sales? I guess. I mean, there was a guy in um, fucking state property who broke in the Beans' cell while Beans was in the shower. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. He broke in the Beans' hut fuck that movie but he goes back and he can't find the cell and so uh, Stan gets in the shower while Ryan's in the shower just to taunt him about not being able to find the phone if there was a phone you couldn't find it Um, so Ryan goes and talks to Ralph because he's like yo Ralph dude roasted you for your phone and then he tells Ralph you know the one person we you know the one country that America can never trust and Ralph is like the Russians right And Ryan's like, yeah, you can't trust those fucking Russians. So Ralph goes and he talks to Stan and he's like, you're going to give me my fucking phone back. So instead of doing that, Stan talks to Hoyt and he talks to Chucky and he's like, Chucky, if I, if something happens to Ralph, would you be mad? And Chucky's like, nah, fuck that motherfucker. So he talks to Hoyt and Hoyt takes Ralph to the staircase with like six or seven other white motherfuckers, six or seven other bikers, Mm -hmm. and they hold Ralph down and open his mouth and give him a shot in the mouth of heroin. And Ralph... that's what that was, heroin? I'm guessing because they said they thought he died of an overdose. Yeah. It was something. Well, where did he get the syringe from? He works in the mailroom.
2: I just assumed they stole some medicine out the damn ward, like everybody else does. Cause True. it's not locked up.
0: Definitely could be. Could be definitely. I just figured it was heroin but because
1: if that if that was heroin, that was a lot of motherfucking heroin. In
0: it that. was. So yeah, you're probably right. It was probably the same shit that Ryan was using to fuck up the boxers.
1: Nah, I, I, no, nah, I don't think that that would have been it. I think it was it was something, or either that, it was some sort of some sort of cleaning supplies or some shit like that you know they, they can they, they can make some shit
0: i could see that too what i do know without a shadow of a doubt is that ralph is an idiot here just like Herc was an idiot in the wire um and also stan was openly looking at russian porn uh, in the library back in 1997 so i know that computer has hella viruses
1: yep all of them
0: so yeah Ryan goes back and tosses the stand. He's like, yo, we need to... If we keep going back and forth, you know I'm going to win, right? So I'm he just will. not fucking around and let me have the phone sometimes. We <laughs> haven't seen anybody beat O'Reilly yet. At all. At <laughs> all.
1: Nigga beat cancer. Be
0: cancer. The cancer. With no ill signs. He beat the cancer with no ill signs. The only, uh, thing,
1: the only the, thing we saw was him cut his hair. That was it. We didn't see nothing else happened to him.
0: Right? Poet fucking beat being burnt to a crisp with no ill signs. The only thing you can't beat in this place, it seems, is a fucking bullet. And getting stabbed in the side. Because Miguel is fucking literally just woke up after being stabbed by William Giles. I don't know what kind of a coma getting stabbed puts you into, but it was deep. It could he have woke-
1: sepsis, depending on what got hit.
0: Mm-hmm. A sepsis would have put his ass down. Gloria tells him that you know uh, Aquaman is dead, and that he's a la- he's a he's ha- he's good to be alive, or he's lucky to be alive. And Miguel tells her, "I can't believe I got stabbed by punk ass William Giles." <laughs> 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 then we see that El Cid tells Chico that Chico's a fucking disappointment because Miguel's still alive, and I don't like that at all. That's literally what he says. Chico says, you know what? Carlos is right next to him in the bed next to him. And he's just waiting to get a weapon. Well, shit, nigga, why didn't you say that the first time? All of a sudden, they send weapons through the fucking prison system and the uh, inmate who serves food is able to serve a fucking shank to Carlos. Mm-hmm. At the same time that this is happening... Bruh,
1: he lifts up the the, the, the the top on his tray, and it is taped underneath.
0: Mm-hmm. He lifts
1: it up, looks at it, and then puts it back down. Ain't nobody fucking see that.
0: Nobody saw a gun. How the fuck they gonna see that? True. Nobody saw a gun in a fucking glass room literally throwing guns in a glass house (laughs) and nobody saw shit. But the mole comes in and tells Miguel that he's almost done digging another escape tunnel and that he will be escaping the next day. When the fuck, you know what? We'll wait. And I'll ask this question in a second. Why the fuck would he reveal this shit to folks he doesn't really fuck with? I have no clue.
1: Because it doesn't matter. Like, because he's out out of there. Because when they go looking, they gonna go look at the work, the one place where it's not. Yes. So it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter that I tell you that I'm getting the fuck out of here today because I'm leaving today.
0: Yes. And so uh, Carlos uh, wakes up in the middle of the night. It's dark. He wakes up in the middle of the night. He rolls over. We find out already that Miguel is strapped down to his bed. Uh, The reason why he's strapped down to his bed, Gloria tells him, Dr. Nathan tells him, excuse me, Dr. Nathan tells him he's strapped down to the bed because he's a solitary uh, inmate and solitary inmates get strapped to their bed. Okay, cool. Fine. No problem. Uh, Carlos wakes up in the middle of the night and he uh, takes his knife and he's about to go shank uh, Miguel. But the problem is before he gets up to shank Miguel, they tell us what Carlos did. So we know it's gonna fucking fail. Bruh. Um
1: how you how you lose to a motherfucker
2: strapped to a strapped bed? Strapped
0: to a bed. So yeah, he's a
2: horrible, he's a horrible thug.
0: Yeah, we knew he wasn't gonna succeed because they didn't even show the story of his background. They literally just said Carlos Martinez convicted October 6, nineteen ninety-eight, of two counts of murder in the first degree, sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of for parole. They didn't even show a story, they showed it in the background while Augustus was talking. And why,
1: why is it that every time I go into the bank, no, I'm kidding. Um, I, <laughs> why is it that someone else is being held responsible for him dying when Aquaman was supposed to do it? Mm-hmm. Like Aquaman, they set up Aquaman to do it.
0: I don't know so how Chico got uh, involved in that shit, but El Cid yeah. was like, yo, he failed. You're up. I think that's what happened.
1: I don't, I don't understand how it's just like I'm disappointed in you. Well, be disappointed in Aquaman. Aquaman gone. They, he got killed by an old man.
0: So, yeah, Claire saves Miguel's life by beating the shit out of Carlos. Uh, <laughs> I mean, El Cid is not They whooped please. his ass? <laughs> whooped his ass. May I suggest you use a Billy Club officer? Whooped his ass. He's probably brain dead like, like the other motherfucker. But El is not pleased. And the next day, they're calling out uh, numbers to people, you know, to uh, they're calling out the numbers of inmates doing the inmate check. And the mole is gone. Nigga didn't even take Rebido with him. He's just gone. They asked Rebido, where's the mole at? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. Come on, man. Y'all so close. Y'all the same person. Where is he at? I, I don't I really don't know. The last time I saw him, he was in the fucking hospital ward. How? How? That's the question. Because Carlos got up in the middle of the night to stab Miguel.
1: But remember that he was working in the hospital ward. Mm-hmm. The the hole was in the closet yeah, in the hospital how, how ward where his cleaning that, sup-
0: that's his cleaning the next supplies How'd he dig that fucking tunnel? Easy. No.
2: When he's done working, he go in there and he dig. Nobody pay attention to him. He's an old white man. Yep. No. That's why he was able to get get away with the shit in the first place. Don't nobody pay attention to
1: that.
0: But in the first time, he was in his cell. This time, he's somewhere where they got to escort him to and from.
2: Yeah. And not he, once he's there,
0: you see people. How many times did a
2: Christian dude steal shit for O'Reilly? <laughs> <know it. laughs> they, once you're there, they're not checking you. Especially him, of all I, people. He don't it, do shit. When but Alvarez but, but was working look, the thing is, too.
0: the thing is, okay cool, cool, you know, whatever. The first time you dug a tunnel that killed two Nazis, all right, whatever. We're going to keep a fucking eye on you because now we know that you like to dig fucking tunnels in our fucking shit. Right?
1: But also, we also think that you're going to dig another tunnel in your cell.
0: Your cell, yeah, but why the fuck don't they have cameras? In the fucking hospital ward.
1: I mean, the hospital ward would have only showed him go in that closet
0: and not return. Not returning. Hella dirt all over him. Something. They never said that he worked in the hospital either. Like, that just came out of nowhere. We've never seen him in the hospital throughout all of this time. But we do know he's obsessed with digging, so it makes sense that he would have found a place to dig. Yeah, definitely. But I'm just saying, like, they set up all this other shit. But these, this, and this one thing is as rushed as uh, Welzy leaving for England.
1: Yep.
0: I'm not saying that this is at the extent of Augustus escaping and then coming back or whatever the fuck happened. But so now the mold is nowhere. gone. So they the got rid of five people and Miguel episodes. and Miguel.
2: Oh yeah, so I'm because Miguel, Miguel went puts the- a
0: pillow on his bed and for some reason puts straps on the fucking pillow, and then he escapes in the same hole. Smart man, very.
2: How did he get out? Them straps, though.
0: That's the question. He probably I know what happened. Out.
2: No, I know what happened when the hole came in to go. Miguel when was probably like, in? "Hey, man, take me with you," but he let him go. Uh, Oh no! We
0: got rid of seven. Because characters. honestly, after after Carlos tried to kill Miguel, you would have thought that would have locked shit down.
1: You would think. I
0: don't know. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. But yes, seven motherfuckers in one fell swoop. Go. Go. Sorry. <laughs> Brandon, who's the MVP of the episode? Beecher. Because of that
2: speech. <laughs> Scar, and got? because, and, you know, they, the jury believed them. They said a powerful speech by Beecher. First of all, they didn't call him Tobias Beecher in the news. They called him Beecher. Mm-hmm. A powerful speech by Beecher to the jury. Because, you know, the white man, they going to listen to a white man, lawyer who made a mistake. And is in prison because of it, but it doesn't seem like you know a hard ass criminal. You know they're gonna listen to him, so he worked. It worked out all the way around for him.
0: Scar, who you got?
1: The mole. Like <laughs> why? Why would it- <laughs> he? He was. He is. The, he had the ultimate win this episode.
2: Well, technically Alvarez, because nobody's trying to kill the mole. Alvarez was days was numbered very number cuz L said was going to keep sending niggas out. He better not go back to New York. He need to take his mm-hmm. ass down south. Mm.
0: I had at a BC. I
1: mean his his I mean everything coming up aces for my man.
0: It really is. Everything worked out when he didn't even mean for it to work out. It worked out. So, uh yeah thank y'all so much for listening uh we did get we didn't get a review you can send reviews to podchaser.com you can send a review to um apple you can send a review to stitcher uh again if you send a review to podchaser you can do separate episodes or you can review the show as a whole uh which is you know it's cool i like that um but we did get an email And so I wanted to read this email because I just thought this was fucking great. Okay. It is from Louis uh, Landeros. And he says, and I quote, 187 stars. (laughs) That's a good jump off. 187 stars. I watched the show six years ago when I finally found the series on DVD at a local record shop. And he could never find uh, fans to discuss it with him. So our podcast fills the void. Uh, He said, thank you. He also said, FYI, Jazz Hoyt is played by Evan Seinfeld. He was a lead singer in the New York hardcore band Biohazard. Scar, why do we know Biohazard? Why do we
1: know Biohazard? Um, because um, they, they, they recorded with Public Enemy, right?
0: No, damn, I thought you had this one, Brandon. Oh, no. You got it, I have no idea. Okay, we know Biohazard because they collaborated with the hip hop group Onyx.
1: It was Onyx, okay, I knew, but that was uh, what you call it? It was, it was someone else that did the thing with uh, with uh. Yeah, because they did a rock remix of Slam, right? hmm
0: And okay, it was dope so, as fuck.
1: Yeah, it was. I can't remember who's the other rock group who did the Public Enemy thing. But yeah, I, the, I thought Public Enemy. But yep, you know what?
0: You're right. And he said that in real life, uh, Seinfeld Hoyt is a down-to-earth, funny kind of guy. And he loves the podcast. roll fucking model.
1: He was—he used to be engaged to Tara Patrick. That Tara Patrick.
2: Cool.
1: For the, the porn star pair, Tara Patrick.
0: Well, I knew who she was. I'm just saying, cool. I'm just saying. You know that stuff. No, all right. Yeah, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Yeah. All right. So again, uh, you can check us out on. No, they uh,
1: apparently they got they got married. They were they were married for five years.
0: That's dope. Hmm. I mean, five years, that's 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 a good run. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's a that's a good number. I like it. It's a good count. Um so again, y'all can check us out uh on Twitter at return to Oswald. Uh you can email us at return to Oswald at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to send us a voicemail, the telephone number is 916 633 1537. Scar is on Twitter at Scarfinger. Brandon is on Twitter at that cool blick nerd. That's BLK. And I'm on Twitter at Rashani. Scar, you got anything coming up?
1: Um, No, nothing new. Um, Go buy some candles. PTCAChandcrafted.com.
0: The sale's still candles. going on.
1: Yep, sale's still going on through May. I mean, of course, I'm going to have to do, I'm doing a a, a June, but it may not be as lucrative. You know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: go get you some candles, get you some wax melts. Do the thing.
0: Are you doing a Juneteenth sale, my uh, brother?
1: I don't know if I really want to do a Juneteenth.
0: Like that yeah. seems a little. That seems a little on the nose, there, buddy. Do a Juneteenth and send out the Black Magic candles.
1: It's be be a nineteen percent off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, honestly, though, we want to thank y'all so much for checking us out. We greatly do appreciate it. Um, Absolutely, for real, y'all be good. Oh, sorry, Brandon, you got anything coming up? No, I ain't got nothing. Okay. Well, yeah. Thank y'all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, We'll holler at y'all later. Y'all be good. Peace. Peace.
2: Simulcast. That's do me? Fucking role model.